Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, and welcome to Passion and the Plague, a podcast from The Independent, where we take you back to a lockdown long ago. It's 1348. As the Black Death sweeps across Europe, a group of friends flee the Italian city of Florence to quarantine the countryside. They tell each other stories to keep themselves entertained, and the idea of Giovanni Boccaccio's Decameron, one of Europe's great literary achievements, is born. In this series, you'll hear ten stories from the book, read by people in self-isolation across the country as we tackle the 21st century version of the plague. Today's episode is Alibesh. Enjoy. The following day, the lady we're calling Naifile was appointed queen. And because it was a Friday, a day of prayer in her opinion, and would be followed by a Saturday, the day the ladies normally chose for bathing and washing their hair, she decided there would be no stories until the following day. Sunday. In addition, she suggested that they move to a new house, just as lovely, to avoid anyone getting wind of where they were and what they were up to, and deciding to join them. The others agreed with all this, and so when Sunday came, even before dawn, serenaded by the song of nightingales, Naifile led her companions along a grassy path decorated with flowers that were just opening their petals to the first rays of the sun. After a couple of miles, they arrived at a very handsome house, on the bluff of a little hill. It belonged to a fine nobleman friend of the Queen, who had recently died of the plague. The servants had already brought all their belongings there and prepared a good breakfast. The house had a particularly beautiful walled garden, reached through a series of criss-crossed pergolas, from which thick vines hung. It was stocked with flowers of every scent and colour, with a deep green lawn in the centre, so deep it looked almost black, by a marble fountain. And it was here the Queen ordered her companions to meet in the afternoon for their storytelling. And once they were all seated around the fountain, and the fierceness of the sun had begun to abate, Naifile chose one of the men, whom we'll call Dionio, to begin on the theme of achieving goals long desired or recovering things previously lost. You won't have been to the town of Gafsa in North Africa, but I once heard 
of a very rich man there who had many children, and in particular, a beautiful unmarried daughter called Alabesh, a tumble of dark hair, dark eyes, and full blushing lips. Like all her family, she wasn't a Christian, but the town had many who believed in Christ, and one day, having listened on so many occasions to them praising their faith and those who serve God, she asked one of them how she might best serve God, as they put it. He told her that only those who lived far from others and the temptations of earthly things deep in the Sahara Desert, only those holy men served God best. Saying no more about it, the next morning, bright and early, Alabesh set out on her own and in secret towards the desert, prompted by her own youthful sense of importance. After a few days, exhausted from hunger and walking for so long, she arrived at a small hut beneath a sandy cliff. She stumbled towards it, only to find a holy man in the doorway, equally astounded and annoyed to see her there. He asked her what she wanted. She told him that, inspired by God, she wanted to find someone who could teach her how she should go about serving him. Seeing how young and lovely she was, the hermit was terrified of temptation and the devil on his shoulder. So he told her that while he admired her good intentions, he couldn't help her. My daughter, not far from here, there lives a holy man who is far abler than I to teach you what you want to know. Go and find him. And after giving her some herbs, wild apples and dates to eat and water to drink, he sent her on her way. But when she arrived at this other man's cell, he told her exactly the same thing. So she carried on to a third and another, until finally she came across a young hermit, devout and kind, who lived in a little cave deep, deep in the desert. His name was Rustico. She asked him the same thing. Being keen to prove his own iron willpower, he decided not to send her on her way, but to keep her with him and teach her what she wanted to know. In one corner of his cave, he made up a bed of palm leaves for her, and when night fell after a simple meal, he invited her to lie down and rest. He lay on his own thin mattress, but sleep wouldn't come. He turned on this side and that, and his thoughts and desires, the desires of a young man who'd kept them at bay through in terminable solitude began to plague him. In short, temptation reared its gaudy head, and his willpower wasn't nearly so iron-like as he'd thought. But how was he to get the girl to have sex with him without troubling her obviously delicate conscience, or worse still, without forcing himself on her? He woke her up and began to ask her questions about her life, her understanding, and putting two and two together, realised that she was as innocent about sexual matters as she seemed. He began to think of a way 
of getting what he wanted on the pretext of serving God. His questioning turned to preaching about the sins of the world and the wiles of the devil, how powerful an enemy the devil was, but how he had found a way of putting the devil back in his place. The girl was all agog and wanted to know how this could be done. And Rustico replied, I'll tell you, but first do whatever I do. And he began to strip off the few clothes he was wearing, leaving himself naked. Unwittingly, Alabash followed his example and he sank to his knees as if he were going to pray, telling her to kneel opposite him. The girl really was a very beautiful girl in all her naked glory, and Rustico couldn't help the resurrection of his long, unused flesh. Alabesh stared down, amazed. Rustico, what on earth is that thing sticking out in front of you? I don't have one. Oh, said Rustico, it's the devil I was telling you about. Can you see what he's doing? Oh, it hurts, Alabesh. It hurts. Oh, thank God, said the girl. I'm happier than you. I can see that, as I've no devil to torment me. You're right there, said Rustico. But you have something I don't have. Oh, said Alabesh. And what's that? You have a place to put the devil, said Rustico. I praise God who sent you here for the salvation of my soul, because if this devil continues to torment me, and if you're able to take pity on me, I'll put him back where he came from. You'll give me such relief, and at the same time do service and pleasure to God. Isn't that why you came here in the first place? Oh, Holy Father, replied the innocent. If I really do have such a place, let's do as you suggest, just as soon as you can. God bless you, my daughter, said Rustico. Let's put him back in that hole then. Rustico couldn't help himself now and buried that fiend good and deep. Never having put the devil away before, the girl's first experience was not particularly pleasurable, and she said to Rustico, Oh, what a devil this is, a true enemy of God, for as well as plaguing mankind, he even hurts the place you said he came from. Ah, said Rustico, it won't always be that way. And to show her just what he meant, they put the devil back in her hole half a dozen times, pounding his pride so well he was content to be quiet for the rest of the day. Over the next few days, the devil's pride reared itself again and again, and Alabesh developed a liking for the sport. I can certainly see what those men in Gafsa mean when they told me serving God would be such a pleasure, she said. I honestly can't remember anything as pleasurable and satisfying as putting the devil back in the hole he came from.
Why wouldn't everyone devote their energies to the service of God? And over and over again, she'd sneak up on Rustico when he was at his prayers or meditating on some aspect of the writing of the church fathers and say, I came here to serve God, not to waste time. Let's put the devil back in the hole. And sometimes, in the middle of these games, she'd comment, I'm puzzled, Rustico. I mean, why would the devil want to escape when being where he belongs back in his hole is so much better than being in the world? In fact, the girl became so importunate, Rustico began to flag and badly needed a rest. He told her that they should only put the devil away when he reared his wicked head and that he felt they had so beaten and tamed him the poor devil was pleading with God to be left in peace. Well, that's all very well, Rustico, said Alibesh. The place the devil came from won't leave me in peace. So the least your devil can do is to help me tame my hole. Oh, that would require an awful lot of devils, sighed Rustico. But all his protestations only resulted in the girl, who felt that she was not serving God as diligently as she would have liked, complaining more often than not. Just as this dispute was beginning to get hairy for Rustico, unknown to them, a fire had broken out in Alabesh's father's house in Gavsa, and her entire family were burned to death, leaving the poor girl sole heir to her father's fortune. A young man of the town called Nirbal, a ne'er-do-well who had wasted his own inheritance, hearing that she was alive and fearing that the city authorities would take her property on the grounds that there was no one to claim it, set off into the desert to look for her. Soon enough, he traced her to Rustico's cell, and to the hermit's great relief, but against her protestations, he took her back to Gafsa and persuaded her to marry him. So he inherited half a share in her father's huge fortune. On the day of the wedding, some women of the town questioned her about what she had done in the desert and how she had served God. Alabesh told them she had done so much good putting the devil back in the hole where he belonged. Nearbal had, in fact, committed a dreadful sin by stopping her from her pious work. How do you put the devil back in the hole where he came from? asked one of the women, puzzled. Through a mixture of words and gestures, the girl was able to give them a, a good idea of how it was done, and the women fell about laughing so much they could hardly speak. So that's what those holy men get up to. But don't worry, your husband will give you all the help you need to serve the Lord. The story did the rounds of the town, passing from one woman to the next, and a new saying was coined. The best way to serve God was to put the devil back in the hole where he belonged. This saying even crossed the sea to Italy, where it can be heard today. And so, my dears, if you find yourselves 
in need of religion, be sure to learn how to put the devil back in the hole where he belongs. This episode of Passion and the Plague was narrated by me, Kevin Childs, and the storyteller, Dionio, was played by Richard Loden. Subscribe to this series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you listen so you'll never miss an episode. If you've enjoyed this story and want to read more from the Decameron, there's a link in the description to buy the book. Thank you for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.